Hi, this is Carrie Brownstein. This is DJ Premier. This is Darren Aronofsky. You got the Rizzo right here. Rose McGowan. Right here. Aisha Tyler. Tribe Call Quest. Fred Armisen. Fritz Paul. Javier Munoz, Seth Meyers. Frankie Cosmos. Flying Lotus. Hi, we're Haim, and you're listening to the Talk House Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Talk House Podcast. I'm Josh Modell. On this week's episode, we've got a pair of singer-songwriters who've taken interesting names for what are essentially solo ventures. Kevin Sullivan, a.k.a. Field Medic, and Christian Matson, better known as the tallest man on Earth. Now, Matson has been making music as the tallest man since about 2006, winning fans both with his largely spared Bob Dylan-like songs and his incredibly forceful live shows. Though he's from Sweden, Matson is definitely influenced by the American folk tradition, especially on his early records like the classic 2008 debut Shallow Grave. He's since released a handful of excellent albums, and in this conversation with Kevin Sullivan, he drops some hints about a new one that he's really excited about that's going to be released in 2023. In the meantime, The Tallest Man on Earth just released his first all-covers album, and though he downplays it a little bit in this chat, it's actually really amazing. It's called Too Late for Edelweiss, and on it he covers songs written by everyone from Hank Williams to Bon Iver. Check out a little bit of his version of The National's Pink Rabbits right here. I'm so surprised you want to dance with me now I was just getting used to living life without you around I'm so surprised you want to dance with me now You always said I held you way too high up the ground Kevin Patrick Sullivan, who records under the name Field Medic, has long been known for a pretty Spartan approach to recording. Most of his songs have been made super simply, in the folk tradition, but with decidedly modern subject matter. For his upcoming fifth album, which has the deliciously long title Grow Your Hair Long If You're Wanting to See Something That You Can Change, Sullivan decided to grow his sonic palette and bring in a producer. His confessional, put-it-all-out-there lyrics are still fully intact, of course. Field Medic will take these songs out for a headlining tour that features a full band this fall, a first for Sullivan. Check out a little bit of the latest single from the new album. This one's called I Think About You All the Time. I create a life for us, a life inside my mind. I think about you often, think about you all the time. This is a fun conversation given that these guys don't really know each other too well, but they're quick to connect. Tallest Man was clearly an influence on Field Medic's sound, and we get to hear about a long-ago interaction between the two that did not, I repeat, did not, involve marijuana. They also chat about finding inspiration when it's gone missing, about the wonder of the Millie Vanilli story, and about which of them wanted to be Bob Dylan in high school, and which wanted to be Lou Reed. Enjoy. Hey, Kevin. Yo, how are you? Good morning. Uh, good morning. It's uh, where are you in the world? I'm in Los Angeles. How about yourself? I'm in Sweden, so it's not morning here. It's five past six in the evening. I saw you were playing hardly strictly. I thought you might be in SF, but I think I might. I think that's next week. Yeah, it's next week. I'm flying to the states on Sunday. I'm gonna do a little road trip, and then uh, I'm gonna end up in SF. Do you live in LA? I live in LA, but I used to live in San Francisco. Oh, so. Hardly Strictly is like one of my favorite festivals. I actually, I used to busk outside that festival and busking outside of that festival was some sort of crazy chain reaction that led to my label hearing my music. So I have a special warm spot for that fest. It's very cool. So are you, so you're from, you're from the Bay Area? Yeah, I grew up in a place called San Jose. Yeah. And then went straight to San Francisco when I graduated high school. I was just there this, uh, this spring on tour. We did. A bunch of nights at the Great American. Oh, dude, that's the best venue. Yeah, love that place. And now I'm coming back. What are you doing these days? I just can't stop making tracks. I have an album coming out 
uh, in October, about to go on a, a big tour next month, my first headline tour. Wow. In Like, I've done a couple little headlines, but this is like a full month. I'm the one renting the van kind of thing, bringing a band for the first time. I used to tour. I've been touring solo for the last like seven years. So, yeah. And then in the meantime, just trying to uh, I'm trying to learn how to computers work because I recorded all my old stuff on cassettes and like live recording actually based off uh, your recommendation. I met you one time in Santa Cruz in 2010 outside of a show at this place called the Brookdale Lodge. 12 years ago. Yeah. Oh. It was, it was like a haunted, haunted place in the Santa Cruz Mountains. I remember that. Were you the guy who gave me like a bunch of weed? No, I didn't give you weed. Uh, I think this is worse. I gave you a CD. My brother got me tickets to the show for my birthday and we were walking into the venue and you were just standing out there. Yeah. And then I started asking you a bunch of questions like, have you ever met Fionn Reagan? How do you play guitar so fast? Still and haven't met Fionn Reagan. Damn it. Love that guy. Yeah, so good. But I I was asking you about recording and, and you were like, sometimes I just record, just put up a mic and just play the song. I don't like headphones. And I was like, damn. Yeah. I didn't know you could do that because we, I mean, I knew that they used to do that uh, back in the good old days, but we had been recording my brother and I's other project, you know, multi-track. And then once you said that, I just, that's just what I started doing up until this very last album that I multi-track. So thanks for that bit of advice. Wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah. I'm happy happy you did that. I'd love to record like that. But I've also, I've just recorded, not, not just, I've been working on it for this, uh, in sessions this whole year. I very much multi-tracked a, a big album. I'm not supposed to talk about this, but I have an album coming out in April next year that is just kind of like the, it's my album because I'm, but we play, I always play with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of it is live and just like bams, so just a lot of, a lot of tracks. It's kind of far away from, the tape recorders but i mean i i shouldn't i can't walk around with this computer we should see how many tape recorders are in this house it's it's ridiculous and in the studio out there i i'm a hoarder of those things sometimes i record with like bad tape on purpose oh yeah and then you have to like listen to the like to the take to see where the dropouts are so they're not important words mm-hmm. when i make like a, a lo-fi recording i i start to worry that if i listen to it too much it's just going to start degrading so i have to bounce it to the computer <laughs> there's nothing better than just pressing the record button on a tape recorder and then just playing the song a couple times and then your your work is done i love the the tactileness of it like you actually like the the sound it makes like clunk when it starts, but then I focus so much better. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, now I've gotten better at focusing even when I can do retakes, but I don't like to record myself anymore. I do it, but I like to work with other people that can just tell me to just like stop because otherwise I could just do too many takes. But with the with the tape, you just like, I, I know I can't do it forever. So I just, I focus so much better. I sing better. I play better. Yeah, I think I'm a little bit in a similar vein. Once I started doing solo stuff, I didn't have a computer or a smartphone and my friend Carlos loaned me his like Tascam Porta O2. Yeah. And, and so I just had one SM58 and a bunch of cassettes and I liked that and it just sounds cool, like right away, you know, there's no EQing or anything on that. So when I started hearing my songs that I was recording that way, I was like, oh, this is this is all I need. I don't need to mix it. I don't need a computer. I don't need anything fancy. I was super uh, anti-technology for a long time, too. Not in like a conspiracy theorist way, but I was very <laughs> like, I was like one of those guys that uh, like wore Ray-Bans inside in high school because I was so obsessed with Bob Dylan. So even into my later, like, you know, early 20s, I was super like folky 
folky guy. I just liked the way that it felt to be not using technology at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and some impatience as well. And But luckily, you know, it took me this long, though, to be able to just work with a computer and accept that maybe I could do a vocal take over and it wouldn't lose the magic. So, wow, so in, in high school, you, you, were, you were Bob Dylan. Do you remember, um, like emo acoustic myspace music i don't know if it was an offshoot of pop punk or something but it was just super like whiny acoustic myspace music uh about like breaking up and stuff i get emo when you say myspace i yeah love, i miss myspace oh my god yeah how old are you i'm 31 okay when i started with myspace it was all the, the freak folk like it was that was my myspace but sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say that i i got introduced to acoustic music through that genre yeah and then i i discovered bob dylan and Joni mitchell and john prine and i was like okay i'm like i'm all in on this like you know real folk stuff i just had that phase where i was so addicted to that style of music and and just wanted to live within it so much and i think that carried over into you know just a fascination with analog stuff which still remains, but there's a part of me that has been like assimilated a little bit into the here and now, but it's also been several years since that time. It's so great to not be 16 still. I feel that, but I do. Yeah. It's a very, but I, I love that when you just immerse yourself in the whole thing, i still love Bob Dylan so much, but I wasn't, but at my high school, I was Lou Reed walking around my leather jacket. And the last high school I went to was a, like a music uh, some music program I went to and it was God bless them. I love them. But there was like what with so many like sports musicians, like there was just like played like really fast progressive metal and was kind of it was this bad vibe of just like it was like uh competitive music. And I was like, I was like, fuck that. And I started like listening to Skip James and retune my guitars and then a lot of underground and I because I came from like garage rock that's what I started to play in, in bands. And I mm-hmm. just did that. It's like, I'm not going to be like you. I'm going to be like this. I borrowed so many CDs from the library. Our library had like a great CD collection. So I just like went there and borrowed CDs. And it was also in my life that around that time was beautiful. When the MP3 blogs. Oh yeah. So good. Remember those? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh, because it was just so like, so narrow, some of them, and you just downloaded you know, careless, what happened to your computer is downloaded like weird raw files and zip files. And Mm -hmm. we were probably like, we were both probably annoying around that time, but it's for sure. Yeah. But it's a beautiful thing. And I get nostalgic talking about it. Yeah. I think you just reminded me of going and getting CDs from the library. I used to love to just go to the library and just pick out CDs just based on if they look cool, essentially. Yeah. And then it's like, what is this? And it's like, my life's an open book. It's like, it's fucking Emily Harris wrecking ball. I was like, I never had it. I didn't know who Emily Harris was. And you wind up like listening to the whole album too. Cause I just had like a little stereo CD player. So I put it in and I don't, I don't even know what it is. One of the best experiences I had with that was finding an album by Jens Lechman. Oh, wow. Yeah. Night Falls Over Cordadella. The cover of that album is so cool. And I put it on and I was like, this is, this music is so weird. And it's so like... <laughs> beautiful and amazing and and i've just i've been a fan ever since and i i miss those days so much just random cds full album listening you know no phones or streaming any of that stuff 
I, I like the stream because you can you can find everything. But then I just my little brain doesn't work when like it's just too much to choose from. But yeah, just yesterday I went to this really good flea market here that has this guy who sells vinyl, and I bought like six records. And in my house, if I blast the stereo system with in the in the in the room in the middle room, it's I to play it so loud so you can't stand in front of the speakers. Then it will sound amazing in the kitchen mm-hmm. and up, upstairs where my little bedroom is. So it's just. Yeah, listening to full records is great. Hey, this is Josh Modell, host of the TalkHouse podcast. We love it when musicians come on the show and talk about process, and often they'll get into the nuts and bolts of being a working artist, which can sometimes be fun and sometimes feel more like a business. Well, this episode of TalkHouse is brought to you by DistroKid, which is an amazing service for musicians looking to get their songs out into the world in an incredibly smart and cost-effective way. For the past decade plus, DistroKid has made it easy to get your music on all the streaming services, including Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Instagram, and more. You keep 100% of your earnings minus a flat yearly fee, which is a better deal than you'll find anywhere else. More than a million artists use DistroKid, and the latest version of their app is better than ever. It includes features that make it easy to see your account details, including the money you've earned, as well as to seamlessly edit things like lyrics and metadata across platforms. There's even a feature called Instant Share, which allows you to easily share files with your bandmates, booking agent, playlist curators, and more. DistroLock allows you to protect your songs. DistroKid users get a YouTube official artist channel, too. The list goes on. The DistroKid app is available on iOS and Android. Go check it out today. Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network. It seems like we've both, you know, we're past that stage of anti-technology or whatever. And we have to like, you know, interface with the game or whatever. Like, how do you find space to just go full like songwriter mode, block out the noise? Are you able to just blast your record and like, you know, stay off the web for like, you know, days at a time? Or what do you do to get back to that sacred headspace? I'm very uh, weak for like towards this i'm holding up my phone right now yeah you can't, can't hear it it's like i i yeah I, I i feel like i am just i there's not like where i like i, I go offline for days but I, I try to do it all the time every day and i you know i have i have instruments everywhere like here's a mandolin that i have here mm-hmm. on my kitchen couch and i'm on, on the spectrum for sure and i do a lot of things at the same time mm-hmm. I, I find the moments all the time during during a day, like I can be vacuuming my living room. That doesn't happen that often, but a vacuum and I walk past the piano. It's like, oh, and I sit by the piano. Like, I'm just going to play something. And then a couple of hours disappear. I, I find, you know, I have a luxury life of, of this. I don't have to go to a day job right now. I find the moments like throughout the day in in every day and I do zone out and I, I do little tricks. I put like, 
this background on my phone, something that will remind me to just put it down. What's an example of that? I might need to use that for myself. Well, now it's just, I'm, I'm falling madly in love with a woman. So I just, uh, I'm very new in a relationship. So I just have a, a picture of her and then I just, love that. I know it's, it's lame, but no, it's not lame. It's no, my great. background, my background is my girlfriend. So yeah, no, it's yeah. amazing. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'll just pick up my phone. It's like, there she's like, huh, I don't care about anything. I was like, put this down. And then I, you know, I, I, I go and do things. I, I don't know. I, yeah, it's, yeah, it's stupid stuff like that. Just mm -hmm. like tr tr to try to trick myself into not like end up watching like weird Russians falling down a hill or something. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's just so easy. It's so entertaining and you can go anywhere with it. I'm like kind of creative in the same way as you sort of like in like a spontaneous burst kind of way. I might have a, an idea for a song going and then I'm just booping around doing whatever all day. And then at one minute I just come in here. This is like my little studio and start writing a little part. And then I might get up and like smoke a cig and take a walk and then come back to it mm. three hours later. I think that's also why the like live recording is attractive if one does have like that kind of spontaneous creativity because you just, you know, sit down and record for like 40 minutes and then you're just done. Then you come back and listen the next day. But do you record a lot? Like, do you record like demos of stuff and like ideas? Back in the lo-fi days, you know, the final released recordings were the quote unquote demos. There was no demos. Um, but now that I'm kind of learning about a computer, I'm sort of interested in like MIDI and just when you go from only being able to play guitar and sing to thinking being like, dude, I could make a crazy song with a million tracks right now if I wanted to. Yeah. I'm just kind of following the muse right now. I'm like really interested in like new wave music. That's always been another favorite genre of mine. So finally being able to have those crazy like gated snares. What bands? Uh, I love like New Edition is one of my old, I don't know if that's even considered new wave, but like wacky, yeah. just wacky sounding like 80s music, new edition. Awesome. I really love Millie Vanilli. I think more so for their for their stees, but I like, wow, I'm so invested in their story that I just love it. I know very little about it. It's actually a really tragic story. There's a really good um, full interview with one of them on this YouTube thing called Vlad TV, but there's these two German model guys and this producer approaches them and says like, you know, do you guys want to become this artist group? You know, we'll make you famous and give you all this money or something. And they say, yeah, but somebody else that's not them is composing all the music and singing the music. Wow. And they won't let them sing, even though like the, the singing parts aren't really that difficult. Um, and they put out their first single. And for some reason, it just like goes huge. They win like a Grammy. They're winning all these awards and they're starting to have this identity crisis. And they're like, OK, for the next record, can we just like sing the songs at least? Oh, and they're like, they're like, no. Oh. So then from what I understand is that then they were telling their producer, like, if you don't let us do the singing, like we're going to quit or something. And so then yeah. he actually like doxed them himself and, and, and outed them as not actually being the artist behind the, the sound that they're hearing. And I feel like if that happened nowadays, people would be like, whatever, I don't care. But back then it was like, they were totally ostracized. They're like, you know, they were stripped of all their, their awards. And like, they, they had to like stay inside for like a year because people were like mad at them. Oh but, my God. But what people don't understand is like Millie Vanilli is just their aesthetic was so sick that yeah it's not even really about the music so wow. it's it's a crazy story okay i need to i mean i'm, I'm so curious now
But yeah, I just love that sound. Like recently I've been listening to New Shoes a lot. Yeah. I just love just super wacky, just super wacky sounds. I love like absurdity uh, in music. And so I'm trying to make something truly absurd and fun. Amazing. Because a lot, a lot of my music is pretty emo and, and dark. But are you comfortable with just like making any kind of music or like just follow whatever you love? I was a little bit nervous. My new record that's about to come out is a little bit more HD because it's like multi-tracked and stuff, but it's still in the wheelhouse of like acoustic stuff. But um, if I did, I feel like the new wave songs that I'm making, I, I start to wonder, should I start a side project or something? Like it's so different because it's not even like lo-fi new wave. It's like fully like all MIDI. I have a, a secret side project that's like more like rap music. So I'm just kind of like, maybe I could put it out there. But no, I guess my answer to your question is I'm nervous if I change the steez up too much, what the people will do. Or not even like what the people will do, but just that there's almost like this idea that the catalog has this feeling that I would hate if there was a record that was so different. Like say somebody was like on a date or something and they're shuffling through the catalog and then the new wave album comes on and it's like, whoa, we were just about to like share our first kiss and now this wacky new wave music is on. So I don't know. I'm, I'm a little nervous, but I'm trying to be brave. I can't tell you what to like. What I, I mean, I can tell you what, what I think. I'm just like, no, don't do a side project. Just do it. But I hear you. I hear you. I think about that a lot. I've been humbled for a long time. And I think my, my new songs are better. And then like whenever anyone go to Spotify, they, they, they have to like listen to like a singing goat, like the, for the most popular tracks from like the, because my, <laughs> my first albums are so... You know, like that. So you, I don't. I've been, you know, I've had a lot of um, progress in in mental health and just being grounded in my like, of oh, just like relaxing. It doesn't really matter. And it's. I think it's more. I, I think it's really interesting to see when people have like just in the same. I haven't done it much, but I mean, you will hear on the. I'll if you want to hear, I'll send you my my album that's coming out oh, I, would, i would love that i'm i'm very very happy about it and you know there's going to be some people that are annoyed with it and some people are going to love it so that's just how it is i'm not going to talk about what you're going to do i'm just i have to just follow what's the most fun and exciting because i feel sometimes i sit in the studio and i have like oh this is a great song this is great song. i mean this but people will really like this the sound this is kind of like and then as soon as I hear myself thinking that the whole thing just dies because like, why yep. would I ever do? And I have this thing with songs now that it's so strange. I'm writing a song and I feel, and I almost, I feel like a little ashamed. Like, this is stupid. Like, this is stupid. Like, but I love it. Like, but this is stupid. I can't like people, what will people think of this? And then like, uh -huh. when I hear that, when I hear that thought, I know like, wow, you're on the right track because it's just not being like, some kind of, Um, youtube dude mindfulness crap but like it's it's uh that's my like two cents of you know mindfulness that that's just like the ego it's just afraid it's afraid mm -hmm. of what you're trying to do they want to want to be comfortable want to do the same thing i just also just went and saw the the, the new the david bowie documentary he says like when you have to feel you know when you feel like you're a little out of your comfort zone when you feel like you're just your feet's not really touching the the bottom you're like kind of like, your little too deep waters that's where we that's where we need to be and yeah i'm I, it sounds amazing because i love i mean i you've nailed the the your your it sound it's so beautiful like your your lo-fi 
if you if we call it lo-fi sounds to me it's just like beautiful beautify sounds but like you've nailed that but just like i want to encourage you just do your thing i feel like the tracks that you're the most embarrassed to release are like the most important ones yeah and like embarrassed because you're just like ah oh, people like this is such a silly little idea but when you're making it you're like whoa i'm in it this is sort of like deep niche question but i feel like when i'm <laughs> making music that i really like my feet and like legs start jiggling like when I'm writing a song that I'm really feeling like my my feet just can't stay still. And that's my like secret sign. My antenna goes up. That's amazing. That means you like you fucking disconnected and started to dance. I get some kind of uh, I don't get the feet dancing. I get more like a, I, I'm like bending over the instrument I'm playing and just a kind of like <laughs> leaning into the instrument. Yeah, and just like, you're becoming one. Yeah. And kind of like and, and also playing a thousand times after like when you when you play when you're done with this playing the song. Oh, start over yeah. Again. You do it over and over because it's, you know, it's it feels I've just stopped listening to my new album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was mastered. Was recently, but I have to like this feeling when you're done with something you really love. And I mean, people out there hearing this, it, it sounds ridiculous. But like then, I think it's the best thing in the whole world at that point. At that point, because you've just oh, yeah. made something that didn't exist before of something you really wanted to happen, and and then you just listen to it on repeat. And I just like ah, I get the dopamine, I get the endorphins. Then I hit a point where just like. Uh, here's my voice and it's like I back off from it and now I'm working on on something else but it's a, it's a beautiful time it's a beautiful yeah. time when you when you fall in love with your you know what you just created because it's so I don't know do you ever have uh, times when you can't write when it's hard Oof. the sort of listening on loop moment is is so great until that point where you're just like god I can never listen to this ever again then I won't listen to it for like a year yeah and then sometimes I get like late at night. I'm like, I got to make sure that album I just put out last year was actually chill. And I'll listen for like 30 seconds. And I'm like, all right, it's fine. But yeah, I think uh, there's definitely been, been times where I don't write. And uh, it's emo. When the window is is not open, it's, it's very emo. You know what I'm saying? Because that's like the way that I make sense of the world around me yep. is to be yep. able to talk about it and, and uh you know, be in control of my feelings in some capacity through the song. So when I'm having ultimate writer's block, sometimes I just force myself to write songs. Um, like I'm going to write a song every day until, you know, this happens. And obviously they're not all good, but it's like, I don't even think songs are like meant to be good. I think that as long as songs are, just yeah. tr as long as song is true, it's good to me. So just even if it's just strumming one chord and just moaning about, how deep in disillusion and despair I am, I think that's like a win. So yeah, I try to force myself, but it's sad. What do you like to do when you're in the no song zone? Same thing. I just, I just, I just play and write songs anyway. Mm -hmm. And, and, and just, uh, because I mean, also playing instruments to me and just singing, it's, um, it's kind of like, I'm not, I'm not on any medications <laughs> mm -hmm. for, for, but it's just like, I found this, I found that I have this, I think it's a, it's a beautiful thing that works for me. I'm not going to say this would work for anyone else, but just like it, it really helps me to, to sidestep. It's like, for me, it's like, it's like same with meditation. Yes. It's it sound like a, no, I'm not going to excuse myself. Meditation is fucking awesome. It's hard looping thoughts and i just yeah i can really i feel so good playing instruments so i just do that and when songs is not coming i'm playing other people's songs i play other people's songs and i play 
my ideas. And right now I'm just, I, I switch around through, I have like a little, I'm just really into playing like pedal steel at one point and I'm really into playing piano. And I just like, it's, it feels like some luxury in the, in life. And I justify it with just like, I, you know, I want to get better at my instruments and I want to learn new things. And I play music that is just like far off from what the stuff that I'm releasing. So I, yeah, I do that. I just keep on. I think it was Tom Waits is another one of my heroes. He said something like, you, you can't just wait for inspiration. You have to put yourself in the place where inspiration can hit you. What you're saying about um, how it's like the only thing that stops the looping thoughts, that's exactly the same for me too. I just, if I'm ever getting majorly spooked out, which is semi-frequently, I, I have to admit, if I just pick up the guitar and start singing or even just singing to myself, that's been the remedy that I've known since I was a teenager. Like when when stuff starts getting real or at least feels like it's real, it's always just yeah. been music that helps me quiet my mind and just sort of rearrange those things. So yeah, it, that's just making me think that there was definitely periods where I think I wasn't writing songs and I also was maybe so deep uh, in the trenches of doom that I wasn't uh, playing even. And, yeah. and I, now I'm starting to wonder if I had just picked up that banjo, if maybe it would have started to sparkle some sunshine in. So I'm going to keep <laughs> that in mind to just think of the instrument too. Cause I always, I always think of like the, the lyrics first or something for some reason. So sometimes I haven't been in like shred mode recently, guitar shred mode, but I do love to shred and you, I will say just you shred hard. No, I mean, you shred, you shred, just admit it. Well, I want to go back to one thing you, you mm -hmm. were saying that you said some like a song doesn't have to be good. It just has to be a song. Yeah. We grew up in the same, you know, internet music industry and where everything is so, and everything is supposed to be like the next song is supposed to be the next great, you know, content single. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sounding like an old man now, but you know, it's, everything has to have a purpose now and i have to have a, it has to be a concept and it has to be the the message of something of like it's, it's to be important when i start thinking like that it kills so much of the inspiration i'm in a place where i have had a pretty successful career for a long time and this is a really comfortable life i'm like what if i release this shit you know that you know will take away my comfortable life but that 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 moment i could just like burn my guitars because it just then if I think like that, I won't make any anything that I would be happy with. Yeah, I can't. I can't fake a song. I mean, I've I've written like fake. I've written where my bluebird fly two and three and four, and just like when I hear I'm doing that, I'm just like get get off, get away from me. Uh huh. <laughs> because like it's just yeah, it's a safety. So I, I was really that yeah, that's inspiring to hear you say like like it doesn't have to be. It's just a fucking song. Yeah, sorry it's just for my language. I struggle with all the same things that you were just mentioning, like starting to think about it or even having the blueprint. I have a, I have a blueprint of a style of song that I've written probably like four, five, six times throughout my discography. And I, but I, I almost, I almost sort of like it. Like I'd be like, well, I got to do that one kind of song on this album because it's just almost like a trademark or something. But that was another reason why I wanted to make a more like full band record because I felt like everything was just sounding like blueprint field medic song you got to like stretch the comfort zone and also just keep it real and and not worry about it being a hit or something i was just talking to my friend last night about what you were saying about like you know we have this now but what if the next album like tanks and then we lose everything and we can't just chill and write songs all day so but it's like you can't think like that like you're saying you just got to keep going and make songs that matter to you I have this like <sighs> challenge for <laughs> for my 
my mental health of this release. I, I just released a, an album with covers today mm-hmm. that I just, I don't think it's great, <laughs> but I, it was an idea. I had like pretty mild with COVID like when I record, but I was just like in, I was just, uh, I had to quarantine and I recorded these songs and I think it might be, they might be okay, but it's like, I, 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 it sounds tired because I was tired. That was, that was the only thing I, I was just tired for a couple of days and I decided to, to record those days and I'm judging these really hard. It might be good for someone, someone, but it's just like, then the thing you said, it's just songs, it's just recording. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to read, um reviews like what the, why is he so tired but also i have an album that i'm extremely proud of that it's going to come out <laughs> after it i heard a few of the singles from that covers album and i think they sound great so i wouldn't be worried i'm not worried it's just like it's it's just um yeah it's a it was a it was a new sensation for me it was just like well, i don't really want to talk about this <laughs> yeah i see i i tend to get paranoid Every time I release an album, I'm having that this is the best album of all time moment up until we're finalizing everything. And then every time I send in the cover art and it's like being pressed on vinyl, I'm like, oh, I, fuck, I think this this is the wrong photo. This is bad. And then right when it's about to come out, I'm like, what if it's what if it's not good? I think I'm like a chronic worrier or something. But I, I always yeah. I always suffer from that feeling of this strange, like last minute, like self-doubt confusion. Yeah. And I'm trying to trying to get better at that with. Just, you know, once again, just being like, it's just, it is what it is. It's all good. How do you feel about playing live that you're about to do? So this is the first time I've gone out with a band, which is really yeah. cool because my drummer for the last seven or eight years has just been a boombox with a bunch of cassettes that have the beats on it, mm-hmm. which is has been cool because it's a really, I just usually hop into the headlining band's van and I mm-hmm. can just, it's very easy. But, you know, playing solo, especially when you're a support, can be sort of a tug of war sometimes, like always yeah. trying to win the crowd over. Um, yeah. But which is also sort of like a sport that I sort of enjoy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's it's always felt really lonely. Like, you know, when you play a show solo that's like super sick and and everybody's excited and you feel so good and then you step into the back room and there's like no yeah. one to high, no one to high five. And so I'm really excited to be able to have a band so like if we play a sick show we can all high five and also because it's a headline gig i don't think i need to worry about trying to fight the crowd because i'll assume that they're there for us so i'm excited but i'm a little i'm a little nervous is it is it all over america yeah yeah it's all the classic spots i i said in in old interviews the thing about high-fiving because i had I, i played solo for for so long and it was 2015 and 16 when I had a band, when I had a band, and much of it was for that is that reason because I I started to play some really amazing venues around in the world. I remember I was in Australia and I like played this amazing place, and I went down into the green room and like my little crew was getting the stuff, and I was just there but like there's like no one to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it felt it's, felt super lonely. It's so, so emo. Yeah, so that's why I got a got a band. And I had amazing camaraderie for you know, for those two years. Now my, my crew that I work with, we're kind of a, a big, big family. And I, I really enjoy playing, playing solo. I've gotten a new confidence in it and can run around like a little circus idiot. But now I've recorded an album where I just, so I'm going to have a band next year of just like sick players. When you got that band, you, you felt the pain lift. It did, Yes. 
Yes. Okay. Great. It, it 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 did it did, and then you will miss playing solo again because mm-hmm. there's there's some there's that magic of when yeah when you have to when you have to control a crowd with just your little self, and when it works, it feels so good. Yeah, it's amazing, and you can also it's cool when you're solo because you can just play whatever song you want. Someone's yeah. like, "Hey, play this random song from this random release," and you're like, "Okay." With the band, yeah, and, it's very rehearsed, and, you know. And, and and in whatever tempo, and if you forget the lyrics, you can tweak tweak that verse a little. You mm-hmm. know, <laughs> you can play it for longer. Yeah. So it all, but you should focus on the stuff that's you know, the positive things of everything. I do miss that, and I'm gonna get the next year like the, just the the talk after the show, like oh. I mean, you like you. There's a, like a mistake on a song, and you can kind of like you can j- joke with the other. Like, uh-huh. yeah, we, su- we sucked there. Like, what we do happened there? Like, yeah, that's giving me heart to hear that you. I mean, I assume that you might have had the same kind of experience, but to hear that it was almost like exactly the same is making me stoked. Because yeah. no. you know, the the lonely road is is weird. It's I no, always it's... feel like a traveling salesman. You know what I mean? Like. I'm like yeah. on a plane just with my guitars. I'm going to, you know, some random place and it just feels so I see all these other bands like, yo, we're going to the UK and there's like six of them with all sorts of like wacky luggage in the airport. I'm glad to not have that much wacky luggage, I have to admit. But yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait for the band. I am a just total princess now and just like on, on tour buses and I have like 14 guitars with me on, Damn. on tours. On tours, but I, I I remember those years so much of just like catching trains in Germany. Not nostalgic about this. If it sounds like I'm nostalgic because I don't, I miss the shows, but I miss the like the blood taste in my mouth trying to mm-hmm. catch a train. Yeah, like super hungover, like on public transit with a giant suitcase, two guitars, yeah. a backpack, all your jackets oh, yeah. on because you can't fit them in the suitcase. I'm not romantic about it. Yeah. The shows were fun, but just like I had two hard cages, like with two guitars with me, and I, I made like a little strap uh-huh. uh, kind of connecting the handles so I could carry that in one hand and then carry it. And then just like running. Ugh. Have you toured in Europe? I did do a tour in Europe, in London in like 2018 but i haven't been back since i just remember those band band apartments in germany what is that it's just like this band slash attic it's just like they're just so dirty and mm-hmm. <laughs> remember like just like staying there by myself like on top of the covers i mean i now I sound like i'm 100 years old but yeah no i back back to the positive thing it's gonna be yeah the it's weird. It's weird to, because yeah, but they, so you do the shows and those are so, you know, there's so much adrenaline and mm-hmm. the weird, the weird thing about doing a show that you, I could never explain that, that feeling. And then like, boom, you're just like in a, in a rainy city. So I'm like, yeah. no, now, we're, now we're sounding like cliches. I'm excited you're in a tour bus. That's, that's next level. We got to check back in a few years from now. Cause that's like, that's my dream to be able to play. And then you go out and like, you could go to sleep if you want just right there it's the most beautiful thing there's a moment after a show when everything is packed up and you sit there with a crew crew or and band in uh, you know you have a beer like yeah that's the that's the best moment when you roll out it's just uh that i can be super nostalgic and sentimental about and you know it's it's a beautiful thing and it, and it it's it you know it helps so much like your 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 physical health and your mental health and and that you sleep while traveling because i remember in the beginning when i did like really long tours in america in a van just me and a tour manager not even a van like a like a 
what do you call it? So, like a minivan. Like a mini, mi- minivan. Yeah. And I remember I was on this like seven week tour in America. And it was like the second time going through the desert. And, like, and I started to like break down. I started to get a, a panic attacks. So I'm just like going through the American desert and like there's nothing, but there are billboards. There are billboards. So, like you get, and that to me, the image of that, you know, being a, like, the, the, like there's nothing here, but you can still get like semi-racist uh billboards and stuff like that and it started to like break me down so i i built this tent in the back seat so i couldn't mm-hmm. see out <laughs> so i'm just sitting and couldn't see you're going to be with a friend so is this a band you played you played with these people before they're my friends from here so we've been practicing these last few months and we've just we've known each other for a while so it'll be all good the the panic attack on the road bit just oh, yeah. brought me right back that happens to me <laughs> well you have a song for it i'm gonna yeah, i do i'm gonna i'm gonna use that i'm gonna use that song i was touring with my friends in this band the neighborhood and me and my friend were driving from like uh i don't even know somewhere but we yeah. had, we'd stayed up super late i was hella drunk woke up the next morning lobby coffee at like 6 a.m until mm. we left at like 10 and then like half like two hours into the drive just all the fatigue and the caffeine hit me at once yeah and I was like, dude, you need to pull over. I need to like phone a friend right now. I got to call my friend and who like knows yeah. about this. And yeah. it's scary when you're out in the middle of who knows where and you yeah. and your body starts to try to convince you that you're about to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but look, we sur- we survived, bro. We're still here. Yeah, you know, we're we're still still here. And like with every every little of those uncomfortable panic rides, you, I feel like you you know you learn something. About it. Thanks for listening to the Talkhouse podcast, and thanks to Kevin Sullivan and Christian Matson for chatting. If you like what you heard, please follow Talkhouse on your favorite podcasting platform and social media channels. This episode was produced by Myron Kaplan, and the Talkhouse theme is composed and performed by The Range. See you next time. <laughs>